The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. YouTube literally made me vegan back in the day and I have no regrets, but I, I have some, I have lessons, but no regrets. Well, I feel like this is a weird, this isn't a weird conversation to have today, which first and foremost, let's dive into our drink today. I'm going to be switching up the coffee talks. I didn't even introduce myself, so I'm already doing a terrible job. This is not going well. Hello, everybody. What's up? My name is Kaylin, and over here on the Coach channel, I like to have deep conversations over a cup or beverage of choice, and usually it's coffee. Sometimes it's a spiked drink. It's summer right now, or it feels that way anyway, so today I'm actually going to be drinking a nice spiked drink. It's also the weekend, so... I'm actually going to make a giant effort to have a drink and truly make it feel as much as possible like we are sitting across from one another just talking about a topic or having a discussion. So feel free to let me in on the things that, you know, come up in your mind and that you wanna say about today's topic. If you have anything to say, if you have any two cents to give, or if you just wanna be like, hey, I was here. I'd love to hear anyone's point of view that's different than mine. I think that's a really cool thing about the internet. But then I'm also going to take up some space today if you're I mean, if you'd like to hear it. For those of you guys, I mean most of you guys, like 99.9% .9 of you guys over here on this channel that do know me, then you might have already known that I was plant-based. I have changed to identifying as plant-based, which we'll get into in today's chat, but I initially would have called myself a vegan back in the day, and I want to talk about how that journey has been, if I am still vegan, you know, did, did I ever veer off? Have I still stayed plant-based? Am I plant-based now? The answer might surprise you. And if it's worth it going plant-based in 2021. So grab yourself a beverage, sit on down, a snack too if you'd like. Today I'm actually, it's the weekend here, which 
happy uh, May 2-4 to all of the Canadians out there. I'm actually gonna be cracking a socialite. This is a vodka soda blood orange. It's just like it's a refreshing summer drink and then I also found out, hey, these are vegan. Let's dive in. As I mentioned, I'm gonna be talking about my experience of being plant-based, my opinion upon, about it, upon it, about it. I just need to get all the gibberish out of my mouth now. Let's talk about it. Veganism, you know? What is the difference between being a vegan and being plant-based? Because those are two different terms that I feel like we hear quite often or we're seeing become a bit more mainstream on the internet. And so plant-based is what I identify as. Plant-based is somebody whose diet is based in plants and vegan is somebody whose entire lifestyle is not only refraining from any kind of animal byproduct, anything that has to do or affects an animal, but is also on top of that will often even steer away or clear of brands, companies, um, even just like, you know, merchandise, uh, consumer products that are just in general kind of iffy on the ethical line or perhaps their labor laws aren't up to code. So that also affect human beings. I like admire vegans so much and I would love to get there one day. But at the same time, again, just full authenticity here, full, just let me just give it to you straight the way I live my life type thing. I try my best, but there's times that like, I didn't, I didn't even know that the other day I was drinking just like a Nestle water bottle, which alone, water bottle, why? But it was just because, you know, I was at a chip truck and it came with a drink. And when they were like, what drink would you want? Like, yeah, I could have said no water, but it was a really hot day. And I just took the water bottle and it had a Nestle water bottle. And then I came to find that night that Nestle is like, Wow, that's a wormhole that you can jump down if you ever want to look into exactly what we're talking about here today. But I'm now officially boycotting Nestle because screw Nestle. And just in general, like these, this is what I mean in the sense why I call myself plant-based because I'm still learning and I'm still growing. And once I do learn something, I do my best to incorporate that truth into my lifestyle. But this isn't an excuse, but just given my background, I, I come from a family that wasn't necessarily rooted in these types of things. And I am very non-judgmental about that for that reason, because I've seen how people I truly love and adore and know that to be like some of the greatest people, the kindest people, the most empathetic people, not everybody chooses this lifestyle or even finds it easily adaptable. And of course, I mean, I would love to see that change, but again, full realness here, it's hard to walk this line because I don't think that you get through to anybody with judgment. I also don't think anybody wants to feel like someone's constantly trying to get through to them. But at the very same time, I hold a deep passion for the world, for the climate, for animals. And so I, again, Libra Moon here, sorry, but I gotta walk that line of like, I feel the tug of war of both sides of that that coin, that, that contrast. And I myself call myself plant-based because, hey, I bought a Jeep and it had leather seats in it. And when I posted my video about buying a Jeep and someone was like, those are leather seats and kind of like called me out, as much as I was like, ooh, that's uncomfortable to be called out, I was also like, yeah, wow, why did I not think about that when I was test driving the Jeep? Why did I not think about that when I was pulling it off the lot? Why was I not like, wait a second, what am I sitting on right now? And like, yes, that was 
completely naive. It just, again, it's just not something that was built into my hardwiring. I'm not saying that that's an excuse. I'm just saying that when dipping into this lifestyle, I think that a lot of the times there can be this really strong sense of like, you've got to do it 100% right. Based on who I am and how I identify and like coming online, I feel like there's a lot of people that would find it really easy to kind of like disregard me or like try and make me feel small, especially because I'm not somebody that's very outspoken. This is just turning into me talking about myself, but I get it. I just understand that the whole world isn't on this wave yet. And I would genuinely love to see the whole world on this wave, but I also don't think that, you know, judging people, it does, doesn't seem to get communication really going. I think that when you go at something with a sense of judgment, when the other party feels judged, you're making it very, very difficult for that party to then take off the armor, pull down the walls and stop guarding oneself. So it makes sense that we constantly kind of get into this contrast and debate about lots of, I mean, we can spin this topic right here to like a million other controversial topics. It doesn't need to be being plant-based or vegan. It can, it, there's so many topics out there that just can cause that butting of heads, right? And I think it comes from just, we all, learn our own truths, we all learn our own knowledge, we all have our own perspectives. There are these universal truths, like when animals are being exploited, when humans are being exploited, there is a moral truth there, that that's wrong. And I think 90% of the population, 90% of people with a true like heart and compass or moral compass would know that, you know? There's so many, we're in a maze right now and I'm gonna steer us back to our conversation so that we don't lose sight of today's topic. But this is just all to say that I understand. I understand and walk that line between wanting to live this lifestyle that really truly does no harm at all. And also knowing that we all are kind of in this shift in wave where we're becoming more aware of these types of things more truths about the way that the world is run are coming out. And with those truths, we're all given the opportunity to level up in that knowing. And it's not gonna be easy. It doesn't mean you level up and then you don't level back down and like, you know, drink a Nestle water bottle when you go to the French fry chip truck place. <laughs> but it is just to say, it's like, it's giving people that space and that grace to allow themselves to level up without judgment because nobody levels up in judgment. Even when I learn about these things, when I, I definitely felt super guilty for drinking out of the Nestle water bottle when I started learning more about Nestle, I also felt really guilty and I'm gonna talk about this too, when I fell off my vegan train for a little while and I didn't really talk about it because I felt so much shame and guilt around it. So, when you're trying to make the world a better place and you go at it from like, everything you do is wrong and let me tell you why. People don't like that. People are gonna put their walls up. People are gonna be like, what makes you think you're so much better than me? Wow, again, tangent, where am I? <laughs> so yes, the difference is to be plant-based is to basically ex-nay eggs, meat, dairy, and honey from your diet, which is what I am. And then to be vegan is to cut out all lifestyle choices that affect animals for veganism. This can include cosmetics, clothing, things like um, steering away from leather, which we talked about, steering away from silk, steering away from wool, um, belts, shoes, luxury purses, things like that. I don't own a lot of those things, but I still only call myself plant-based because I have owned like Nike shoes that turned out to be leather. I, like I said, my Jeep, things like that. But I actively don't buy leather. Um, and cosmetics. I actively also do my best to choose or wear or use cosmetics and work with brands that are also vegan, cruelty-free, things like that. Um, I mean, I think labels, I understand why we as human beings need labels, why, 
having labels allows us to have a bit more comfort because then we know what we're dealing with. But I also think that it can be kind of detrimental to have these labels. Like the word veganism, if I didn't use that word, you wouldn't know what we were talking about today. So I get it. Normally when it comes to veganism, being plant-based, uh, making a decision to change or start adapting these types of lifestyle choices. I've even heard things like flexitarian and I love it. I like I like all of these things, okay? Like I said, I'm open to these things. I don't speak for all plant-based eaters or vegans. I don't speak for anyone but myself. But I like the terms things like flex, flexitarian and such because I'm not saying again that like we shouldn't still be like always making that progression maybe towards less detriment to animals and the world. But I like it because it, it's it's still openness to it, you know, versus like meditarian, which like people that are just like so anti-vegan that they have to like be aggressive about eating meat, like things like that to me. I'm like, I would rather be a little bit more annoyed at that. I have been vegetarian since I was 12. I feel like that decision was kind of respected. I don't remember how long I waited, but shortly after I think they realized that I wasn't gonna change my mind and like I, I was wasting food and not eating the meat on my plate. And so my mom very, very generously made me almost like a separate dinner pretty much every single night from then on, from what I can remember. I mean, hand on Bible, my mom was actually amazing when it came to cooking, was amazing when it came to like teaching us how to fuel our bodies and like different styles of food, different ethnicities of food, different like all of that. My mom was amazing cook, she is an amazing cook. So I luckily learned a lot about eating vegetarian food really young because my mom would just like make it for me and not because she was eating it or anybody else in my family was eating it. So kudos to my mom for that. Considering I wasn't feeding myself but had made this drastic diet choice. My parent, both my parents were very, very good like growing up at letting us have free reign over our life decisions, especially if they were like, you know, if, if I, I was a passionate little animal lover and it weren't, wasn't like they were like, no, you're not allowed. Like, and that was really lucky because I've spoken with lots of people that didn't have that same experience. And so long story short, speed forward a couple years, you know, YouTube comes to life. I was so obsessed with YouTube before I was a YouTuber. I was like that chick that didn't go out on the weekends and just sat at home and made YouTube videos. I got like 200 views and which there's nothing wrong with. That's amazing to get 200 views. But like I was doing it in 2012, <laughs> you know, I was doing it literally 10 years ago, which is crazy that here we are sitting here today. And Thus, lo and behold, right before I became this YouTuber, or right around the same time actually I started my channel, which is 2013, although I don't date it back that far with how many videos I have live. I became a vegan during the era of Freely the Banana Girl, if anybody remembers her, because uh, she became super controversial over time. But she was this vegan YouTuber that I found in 2013. I had been vegetarian for so long and I loved the idea of being vegan, but I remember back then being like, that's too intense. And then I vividly remember a video of Freely the Banana Girl being like, do you know what's actually intense? Sorry, I'm horrible at accents, by the way. I'm trying to do an Australian accent and I'm gonna fail, so I'm just gonna skip the accent. She would be like, do you know what's really intense or really um, extreme is dying from heart disease. Do you know what's really extreme? Debeaking chickens and like would show it and I would sit there and watch her videos and just sob, like sob hysterically. And there was an era, I wanna give Freely the Banana Girl this, okay? There was an era where her videos were super like, almost documentary style. Like I know that people say Shane Dawson started that, 
really the banana girl low-key a little bit kind of started that at least in my world in my youtube experience of like watching people online it goes without saying that eating this lifestyle or eating this way doesn't necessarily mean that you're ultimately healthy and we i think you know again i'm saying we as a collective term but i just mean like we of us that once followed freely the banana girl learned over time that eating 30 bananas a day is not actually healthy for your body at all i mean it's just it's just not like your body needs so many other things, but like she was really good at like selling the idea that you could truly live off of just bananas, you know, that you could just eat bananas, crush bananas, and you would just be so fit and saving animals. And I liked that. That sounded really enticing to me. It's like, that's really easy. I'll just eat these two things, dates and bananas for the rest of my life and like potatoes and lettuce and life will be good. Uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't good. So also, let me just say this, because this also wasn't public knowledge, but at the time I would have these cheat days. They started off being once a week when I first went vegan, then I pushed them out to once a month, then I eventually was doing them like once in a while, and then I stopped doing them completely. And again, this idea actually had come from Jenna Marbles. Like YouTube literally made me vegan back in the day and I have no regrets, but I, I have some, I have lessons, but no regrets. Jenna Marbles would, was vegan, but she would openly talk about how she would have a cheat day. Now her cheat day included meat. So I was like, I can do that, except I would just eat vegetarian on that cheat day. And my boyfriend at the time, we started living together shortly after I went vegan and we would go hard, okay? Like, we would go to Domino's, we would get medium pan pizzas, we would get blizzards, we would go home, we would watch really, really, really bad TV, and we would just like eat this food, and I would feel so sick for like a solid 24 hour period after that, and then I would just eat vegan the rest of the week. So like, realistically wasn't truly vegan. I mean, if we wanna speak literally. I wasn't fully vegan, but again, I was eating a vegan diet or a plant-based diet. Back then, the word was vegan. That was used more often then. Um, so I was eating a plant-based diet six days a week and then mucking hard on cheese for a day and would just like basically wash and repeat, you know? And that was my life for quite some time. Going into like 2015, I started pushing it to once a month. I started living with Maggie and once in a blue moon, we would get like a poutine, you know, after walking home from like Stages Nightclub in Kingston, which good God, uh, we would get like a pizza every now and then, but I definitely were, wasn't having vegan cheats as often. And then right around this time, I want to say it wasn't the first time that I also dabbled with or struggled with the way that I was properly nourishing my body. Um, and that overlaps with a lot of this, which kind of complicates and muddies the water a bit for me. I'm aware of that. But at the same time, um, I, I definitely went through phases too where I was too intense about it, you know? Um, <laughs> my voice just cracked there. That goes to show you how I feel. It makes me feel uncomfortable because there were definitely times that it was too intense. And I've been asked this question before. And so I'll just be honest with the fact that this is what's making my voice crack and me act a little uncomfortable. If someone has asked like, do you think veganism was part of struggling with an eating disorder? And it really wasn't. It was never about that for me. If that felt like a completely separate part of my brain that wanted something that was totally different, wanted something that was trying to prove itself. The part that made me vegan, the part of me that made me choose that lifestyle came from just pure like compassion for animals. I, I knew that there were environmental aspects to it or choosing plant-based alternatives or eating just more plant-based in general. I knew it was also healthier for my body, but at the root core of it all, it was truly just like when I look into an animal's eyes, I like, I 
feel it. <laughs> like, I know you feel things. Like, I know you're in there. And even though we have a different sense of consciousness, and even though we might have different languages, like animal languages or ways of communicating or ways of surviving, I guess, like you, even down to a spider, have the will to survive. And like, who am I to with that? You know, like that was my mindset. And that is the part that still to this day uh, holds me here because I can't unsee it. I can't look at my dog and think like, if you would have been born a pig, you could have just been bacon. And like, I get it. People eat bacon and people get really defensive about their bacon. Like I'm not sitting here to chirp your bacon. It's just that like my brain made that connection young and I've never been able to like disconnect and I don't want to. Uh, personal choice, personal choices all around. I definitely tried to open up these types of conversations in my family and people like my sister were very receptive to it. And, and to this day, like her and I still talk a lot. We share a lot of vegan recipes. We always talk about like looking up vegan drinks. Like we found out these socialites, they're vegan, wines that are vegan, things like that. And even her husband, who was somebody that was like such a meat eater and such a just like meat, grew up on meat and potatoes kind of guy. He's so open to it too. And we all ended up watching these documentaries together. We've all had these conversations. And like, to me, that's the refreshing part of it. I'd rather that and know that there's not like strict rules in my book for me to like talk about these things. That's important to me because the people I love are important to me. And I would never want to do anything that makes anybody I love feel uncomfortable. But at the same time, I also love the earth. I also love the planet. I also love animals. I get it. I walk that line, but I truly just feel like being able to be open and have these conversations and have someone even be open to these things to me is more respectable than just like closing the conversation and not having it at all, which is other responses that I've definitely had. All right. So bringing it forward, it went from having one cheap meal a month to then I just stopped. I just stopped having cheap meals. I was just like hundred percent plant-based. And I did that for a few years. And through that time, I have 100% full honesty and also trigger warning. I am going to talk just not, I'm going to like die. I'm not going to dive into it at all, but I am going to like disclose that I did struggle with an eating disorder unrelated to veganism, but it was also like still while I was being vegan. But my Nana Nicholson, my Lord, like that girl would have flamed it all on being vegan. I'm telling you, she'd be like, I knew someone that was vegan back in the day and, and they just basically fell apart. They were, they just dusted away. And I'm like, Nana, that was not because she was vegan. That was because she probably wasn't eating enough, um, which was exactly the same circumstance for me. It had nothing to do with eating vegan and it had everything to do with not nourishing my body. But on top of that, like there are certain things that are missing from a vegan diet. Not missing, let me replace that, let me fix that, sorry. There are certain things that aren't as readily available in a vegan diet and so you do have to plan ahead. So clearly on top of that, I was not planning ahead. I was not, not, not even like nourishing my body with enough fuel or calories to get by in a day. But on top of that, the calories I was ingesting were a lot of diet foods, were a lot of like taste really fatty or like taste really salty or taste really like good, but had really low calorie counts. Not good at all, um, really unhealthy. Uh, that led into my body having a lot of issues. My body had a lot of problems. And I started speaking about it with my therapist who gave me a lot of really great resources to start looking into and people to start looking into. And then I also started seeing a lot of people making these videos that were like, I'm not vegan anymore. Someone I used to watch like all the time, still love her videos, is Bonnie Rebecca. She is an Australian YouTuber. And 
I like 2016 this girl was my jam like I was convinced that I had a best friend that didn't know we were best friends on the other side of the world and that like if we knew each other we would just like vibe so well she made a video coming out being like I'm not vegan anymore and like discussing it and like not only that she had a lot going on at that time and like it made me sick the way people reacted to it because that's exactly the thing about these types of conversations that rub me the wrong way and I, I understand the passion behind veganism I understand like the on the activist side people that are activists with these lifestyles i understand like you're speaking for animals that don't have a voice i understand that you're standing up against the cruelty that happens in the ways that we exploit animals just for our own gain i understand that a hundred percent but i also think that in my opinion you shouldn't take that and then use somebody as an example use somebody as an opportunity to send a message. Like that is exploiting a human being. And so long story short, Bonnie and Rebecca, if anybody knows her, still love her. She's a hu also a huge Taylor Swift fan, which I'm like even more proof that I, if I had lived in Australia, like I just feel like we would, we would make good friends. So she put out the video and like, I saw vegan videos in response to her video where people were just like, like trying to basically discredit her and her health history, which nobody knows her or her health history. That's so wrong. And like, again, I get it. I get both sides. Like I'm saying, I'm not saying that's you're wrong and Bonnie was right. I'm saying that there is no wrong or right discussion when it comes to someone speaking about their health and their health choices, especially the ones they're making with their doctor. Yes, there's always room for conversation. There's always room for speculation and curiosity about certain things. Nobody is 100% right. I get it. But like, that's her health. Like, no. Anyway, that video came out. And anyway, it opened my mind. And I, I watched a lot of different videos where people explained how they were no longer vegan, where people explained why they shouldn't have used those reasons to no longer be vegan. And then people explaining like the pros and cons of being vegan and not being vegan. I went down all this wormhole right around that time and ultimately just kind of carried on with my life after that. I still kept on living the same way I was, only I started, I, I mean, healing my own internal traumas with my therapist. I'm making this awkward just because I'm like, how is this talk about veganism going into personal traumas? But long story short, I did a lot of healing work as my body started to basically regain its health and regain nourishment, replump up a little bit. My hormones went all out of whack. Obviously that was bound to happen. No matter if I had stayed low or came back up high, like I, my hormones were already whack at that point. The damage had been done and I knew that it was gonna take some time to stabilize. Decided to go see a naturopath in 2020. And we talked about diet and she gave me a lot of really good tips and a lot of really good resources. Also my therapist is not plant-based and she also gave me a lot of authors to look into, doctors to look into. And so ultimately I decided to do a bit of an experiment with myself where I went back to having a cheat day every once in a while. That cheat day would only be eggs. Not that we need as much protein as the food health organizations say, which again is not the topic we're having today. I'd love to do a video just for fun because like I've never done an expose, but like there's a lot to expose there when it comes to these regulations and how much we're being told is healthy based on certain things. But just bringing it right back down to the fact that like I truly wasn't eating enough protein. My entire diet was completely consisting of carbs. And I was also at like coming from my vegan history, I was coming from this idea that eating really, really high carb and really, really low fat was healthy. And 
I'm not saying it isn't, I'm just saying it's not healthy for every single body and every single body type. And it had, I'd been doing it for so long that it definitely whacked out my hormones and I needed more protein in my life. And like, it just, that was the fact, that was the straight up fact. I did this solely on the healing of my journey and my body because I knew that I needed that extra protein, but I didn't wanna just get it from like a high carb protein source. So. Beans and such are great sources of protein, black beans, lentils, all of these things, but they also have a significant, if not more or higher um, substance of carbs in them. So even though yes, you are getting a high level of protein, you're still eating a carb in a sense. And like, not only that on top of it, I was eating so much tofu, like I'm talking probably half a brick of tofu a day. A day. And tofu, again, great protein source, but it can't really be your only protein source just tofu, not because tofu's bad, but tofu is very, very high in soy and it's also still decently processed. Again, things like tempeh, great, but it's still not technically a whole source. Like it has been processed and changed. It's still less processed than tofu, but automatically it just boiled down to the fact that like I wasn't really getting a whole protein. It wasn't more a carb than a protein. So I decided to try eggs for a little while I know that this is controversial as a plant-based eater and to have done this for months at a time. I won't say that it heals my body because I, at the same time, was still dealing with, well, one, a lot of stress of moving and lots of other personal things off away from my channels that definitely can cue into my hormones and cue into skin reactions and things like that. But I will say that I don't want to dive deep into this either because this is going to be a full chat we're going to have. But what I had learned from speaking with the naturopath is that I, when we broke down my diet and my diet habits and what I was really struggling with and how I told her I was no longer in my restriction mode anymore. And I hadn't been for a really long time, but I was still suffering with a lot of shame and a lot of, again, trigger warning. I'm going to be talking about um, binge eating disorder. Now I was struggling with a lot of binge eating again, you know, pandemics might do that to you. But on top of that, I, it had been something that had been in my life for years before. It was just, I counteracted it with times of not fueling my body at all, which was really, really unhealthy and fed into this really vicious cycle I was stuck in. Ultimately though, I had dealt with the not eating and now I was trying to deal with the overeating. And so when she broke it down for me, she was like, you need to have more protein, at least in every meal, especially in the mornings, you're not getting it like at all. Just all of the foods I was eating was just like carbs and carbs and carbs and carbs and carbs. And carbs aren't bad, carbs are great. I love carbs, I love a good salty carb, especially potatoes, but I definitely needed more protein. So I just decided to throw some eggs in there and I didn't eat them every day, probably at the start every other day, then it kind of turned into once every couple of you know days. Then towards the end there, it was about once a week or on the weekends I was doing it. And now I'm officially starting back on no eggs. Personal choice, truly. And I, I don't need to be persuaded one way or the other. This choice has been made for myself. It was just something I needed to do for my health for a little while. And ultimately I'm coming back to this decision for me. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app. Or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The platform or the space I'm creating right here on the internet right now, I'm open to people that are flexitarian. I'm open to people that do like just meat-free Mondays. I mean, again, I would love to see the world progress to a way that we can all live and coexist without any harm to any other living thing. But I also am rooted in the reality that this these are not the times we're coming from. And it's not just like, you can't just flip that switch overnight. Ultimately, to finish where I'm at, I'm back to being plant-based. And I'll explain <laughs> what I'm eating, what I'm doing and all that in the vlog that goes live this week because otherwise this chat would be a million years long. And I wanna get into the, the next part of our conversation, which is why you, like why go vegan or plant-based, like the, the ethics behind it, like basically, is it worth it? And it's an interesting discussion and I want you to know anybody sitting and watching or listening today that I'm not coming at this conversation trying to persuade anybody. I'm truly just trying to like discuss, you know, just a topic and some facts. And if you know opposing facts or opposing things, like feel free to drop them. If you have anything to add to the conversation, please feel free to drop them, but again, really friendly reminder can we keep the conversations constructive and not like you know belittling one another based on opinions judgments choices so on and so forth we can't make the world a better place that way we really can't it just doesn't work so anyway back to it <laughs> i 
would be, I would say there's about three reasons why people choose to go plant-based or vegan in today's day and age, or three reasons in general, not even in today's day and age. Now, these aren't the only three reasons, but these, I would say, they can be boiled down into these three things. So the first is usually that it's for the compassion for animals. Once you start to learn, or once you open the door, or like peek behind the curtain of what happens in factory farming and general agriculture, not all agriculture either, again, this is not a black or white thing, but when we're talking mass productions, you know, mass farms, factory farming, uh, when you really peek behind that curtain, it's not a pretty scene. And so I think people naturally, you know, even if you don't have a pet cow, you might look at a pet cow scream crying for its baby, like truly wailing, making noises because it's, it's and, and make the connection, you know, that that's a mama, that's a mum losing its calf, its baby, crying for that calf and not be able to think or feel like that same vibrational energy in the sense of a human mother kind of going through the same thing. Now, not everybody will make that connection. Not everybody will see it that way, but it's, it's very, they're very close. You know, they're very similar. Some people can completely see the connection. Some people semi see the connection, but that's enough, enough to see that even if it's not the same thing as being human, even if someone doesn't believe that, that it's enough to see the pain in that cow that's losing their baby and think maybe they don't deserve that. Furthermore, you know, you start getting into what happens to baby chicks, what happens to their beaks, what happens to, you know, even just the choices made in order to end an animal's life and then use them. It's like not the most painless way, not the most humane way, if you were to go about it that way. Um, and once you start opening these doors and you see these things, you're like, wow, that's messed up. I think most people would like to believe that the meat that they're eating is being, you know, raised out on a nice grassy hill and Fred or George or Petunia lives a nice long happy life grazing in the fields and hanging out with their pig, chicken and cow friends. And then they grow nice and old and once they get to that point where they're like, you know, Bob, this life just it's not worth it anymore. And feel free to use my body. I've signed my organ donor card. Please just eat me. Um, most people would like to, I think that's like the general hope for most people when you think about the meat you're eating, but it's not that way. And when you peek behind the curtain and you see it and you're like, oh, it, it becomes at least a driving factor for choice change. Not everybody values the life of animals the same way as the life of humans and doesn't see it that way, but for some they do and that's enough. So I would say like, that's like, that's the ultimate vegans reason. You know, people that if you get them there, then it's hard to like, un it's hard to unknow these things, hard to unsee these things or desensitize yourself from these things. Um, the level up from that, or like, I guess like something that's a bit more directly affecting humans that might make them want to make this decision is the effect it has on climate change. And again, this is a topic that a lot of people would say is controversial because there's a lot of miscommunications and misinformation out there that a lot of the times, I mean, you can fall down as many conspiracy theories as you like. What it ultimately boils down to is whether or not the opinions or the facts that we're getting are coming from true and general facts unbiasedly or if a, let's say, a certain company is funding a, a researcher, you know, a, an article to give a kind of skewed perspective 
on if certain things are healthy for you or if this is happening or if this isn't happening or um, you know, is eating meat causing deforestation and like the rapid teardown of the Amazon rainforest, geez. Is cow poop a higher driving factor to greenhouse emissions than all the cars that we drive combined? When you start to look at these facts and you actually see unbiased truths, you start to see that, you know, just in general, eating meat and dairy, and again, contributing to factory farming, even if the animal's welfare or just like even if the animal's life isn't enough, then when you start to look at how these things contribute to the changing, the rapidly changing climate of our world and the rapidly deterioration of mother nature as we know it, then you start to think, okay, this could directly affect a human. This can directly affect, even if it's not in our lifetime, it can directly affect the next generation, our children's generations, our grandchildren's generations, or if, even if you don't have kids, it could be like your niece, nephews, or just in general, the children of this world. It'll be in their lifetime, if not the next lifetime, um, which again, can directly affect perhaps people you love, or even us, like we are seeing climate change already. We're losing natural wonders of the world and different species of the world. And I think that is enough to kind of maybe dig a little deeper into the hearts of humans and think like, okay, maybe there's some lifestyle choices I can make that can stop this from happening or at least, you know, vote a little better with my dollar. And then I think the last reason that might be the most common factor for people to try even a vegan or plant-based lifestyle is for the health benefits. And it isn't from my opinion, I'm not a doctor or a dietitian, so let me make that disclaimer before I say this, but from my opinion, it isn't necessarily that, let me backtrack. The bigger problem with all of our health and all of our diet, especially in North America, isn't, let me backtrack, is <laughs> processed foods. I'm talking fast food, convenient food, prepackaged food, processed foods, okay? There are lots of vegan foods out there that are processed, lots of vegan foods out there that you can get from a fast food restaurant, lots of vegan food out there that can just as much clog your arteries as let's say, you know, a hamburger or craft dinner. And so I'm just saying that because again, this isn't like a black or white thing. It isn't like, oh, if you enjoy a healthy lifestyle and you wanna make your body thrive and be healthy, then you have to be vegan. I know I'm gonna probably spark some angry opinions or controversy saying this, but I'm not, I would say that there's ways that you can eat, humanely eat. There aren't ways you can humanely eat meat in my opinion, but there are ways, you can be a healthy person and be eating meat. Um, dairy is a little bit more, I would say in my opinion, again, not a dietitian and not a doctor, but dairy I would say is actually worse for the body. Like it's not meant to be consumed by humans. This is so tricky because I'm walking around a lot of things and like, Again, like I already said, I'm not a doctor or a dietitian, so I don't wanna sit here and say what I think is like the healthiest thing for the human body to eat, because it's also my strong belief that every single body is different. But the reason why I think veganism or plant-based eating entices a lot of people is because it truly is based in plant eating. So you're eating a lot more fruits and vegetables. You're eating a lot more whole foods when you start looking at plant-based eating. That doesn't mean that you can't eat processed unhealthy foods or have an unhealthy body eating plant-based. You absolutely can. You could live off French fries, potato chips, veggie burgers, 
um, highly processed alter alternative meats that aren't really healthy for you, but like they're great alternatives to the things that maybe people are mostly used to or like boiled in oil, you know, and it still be plant-based. So that are filled with sugar, <laughs> like really unhealthy sugars. It doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna be more healthy, but I think that sometimes when people start actively pursuing more whole food diets, more um, less processed foods, a lot of the people do get pulled towards the plant-based diet because it is subjectively healthier. When you talk about how, you know, post-war, World War I, World War II, when we talk about like just basically the streamline or the factory created streamline, yeah, of creating convenient things. And uh, this is again, a really tricky topic to discuss because it's not to say that it, it wasn't really good for the economy, but these things started to, it, it's because of the war really that we started to come out with packaged foods, you know, TV dinners, things that made things a little easier on the moms, which actually truly is kind of a great thing. It's so messed when you actually start to dig into, is that a good thing? Because when you really look at the root of why that even all had to happen, which was war, it's not really a good thing. But I understand wanting to help moms out, you know, wanting to let women get into the workforce. Like these all came from not all bad things, you know? I think it was all, anyway, we're not having that discussion right now. So long story short, we started getting into processed foods, packaged foods. I'm talking our grandparents, or at least my grandparents, you know, they were the era of like Wonder Bread coming to life or like TV dinners becoming a thing. Um, and people stopped being farmers and people started working in more cities or in buildings and stopped eating, you know, just like the food that you would forage from your own backyard or from the farm you lived on or so on and so forth. Like we're able to look back now, you know, hindsight 2020 and see from those times to now how the increase of health risks, the increase of diseases and such and cancer and such could allegedly be linked to these things. I say allegedly because again, I'm not a scientist or a doctor. I'm just literally reiterating information that I've learned from my own self like pursuit in knowledge. It just became normal to just buy packaged foods, to buy these TV, TV dinners, these pre-processed, highly processed foods. Jeez, can't talk, really need to wrap this up. And pop them into the microwave, sit in front of the TV and eat. And like at the time, I really don't think anybody saw what was wrong with it. The problem is, it's like, it's the devil that you don't know, right? It's the one that comes packaged in comfort a lot of the times and convenience along a lot of the times. And uh, then you don't realize until years down the line when we're seeing increase of heart disease, of cancer, of obesity even, and just like a lot of health risks, a lot of high health risks that come from um, the diet choices that have become so commonly known and so conveniently kind of just there. that <laughs> it's like hard to break the chain and see it for what it is. and. Because again, like ultimately nobody wants to be inconvenient. Nobody wants an inconvenient life. And, and oh wow, again, we could stem into so many discussions here. But ultimately, a lot of people are, are starting to prioritize health. A lot of people are starting to value their health and well-being. Not that people didn't before, but because it's almost called, it's like a calling to now because it's almost too normal for these things to happen, for us to just like be okay with maybe not eating the healthiest and like eating things that we know now and we're coming to learn aren't necessarily great for our bodies. And so plant-based eating 
really has a backbone to it or normally does if you if you take the right perspective with plant-based eating that is based in like whole foods that is based in eating really high nutritional food yeah i mean again i think that it's just the more you know the more equipped like you are as a human being to make decisions that fall in alignment with your values and I do think that we're going to continue to see an increase of people being plant-based and vegan. Ultimately, just because I mean alone, I'll leave my resource down below for this, by the way, but I found out that in since 2000, from 2004 to 2019, uh, living plant-based or vegan increased by 300%, so it tripled the amount of people that have are living this lifestyle. The plant-based protein sector in terms of like investment dollars and companies that are coming out now i mean when i went vegan back in 2013 there were like two vegan options for like veggie dogs and veggie burgers now you can get veggie sliced turkey you can get i literally had it you can get it's called tofurkey and it's stuffed with stuffing for like christmas dinners thanksgiving dinners and again we could get into like the ethics and like the processness of like creating these foods and the packaging and is it eco-friendly and all of that. These are all relative conversations, but this is why I kind of started today's conversation with saying like, this isn't black and white. It's not you're perfect at it or you're not, or like you're completely doing it one way or you're not. I think in general, the world is awakening to a lot of things. And some might say that's like a woo woo perspective and like, what is awakening? Like we can, again, it stems and opens a conversational door to go into all of that, which we won't. But I think that people are becoming more aware of how each choice we make really creates a ripple effect. And that we're all really here in this like giant, I'm gonna use my language, energetic web, but other people might say, we're all just here on this earth and this globe. And like the, the direct decision I make can have a butterfly effect to someone across the world from me. And so when you really start to stop, think about the things that are important to you, about the things that you value, or you know, maybe something forces us to stop and think. Things like a pandemic that force us to really stop and look at the world, way the world is running and think like, is everything I'm learning right now about the truths of the world, how do I feel about that? And how do I contribute to these truths and what can I do? I think that this opens a little space for curiosity about different lifestyle choices. People seem to be caring a lot more about others caring a lot more about how the way the systems run the way the world runs affects other human beings affects other people and even down to affects other animals and i think that that's allowing some change it's creating some change and i hope that we continue to see more people be more flexible to that change and not feel like they have to shy away from it completely because it's either got to be all in or all out that's my perspective. I think that it's better to have someone even with one foot in the door than to be completely far on the other side of the room. So I don't know, I don't have all the answers. I'm a little stuck because of just how I am in terms of like socially communicating with people and the things that I know to be true about the world. What is this conclusion? What is the conclusion? I truly think there will be more people that will start to make different choices. And I also think it's not even just, as much as it is down to the people, Wow, thought we were done here, but we're not. One second. As much as this boils down to the people, it also boils down to the power, okay? And there is definitely power imbalances in the world, and there are definitely 
people that hold a lot of money, people that make a lot of decisions, people that own big companies that could make huge, huge change. When you have enough people pressuring certain brands, you get certain, I just read something the other day that a girl literally on her blog got like 49,000 signatures to get Subway to change their bread to be healthier in 24 hours. And so Subway is doing it. Like that is, that's what of the point I'm kind of trying to get at here that it shouldn't fall down to the people. It really should be. What's a good example? Craft. Craft. They made craft dinner. I loved craft dinner as a kid, okay? I loved craft dinner as a kid. But like if craft were to just be like, you know what? The quality, the taste, all of this is gonna stay the same. But every craft dinner box you get now, like technically won't have real dairy in it. And like you could easily make it with like vegan butter and like vegan almond milk. Like that would be a huge change. So it just as much falls on the company and the brands and the businesses and the power, the people that have the power to make fast change just as much as it does on the people. But I do think that we're gonna continue to see the evolution of, of the world making better choices. At least that's my opinion. And because these are my channels, I guess that that's what you came to hear. So if you have an opposing opinion, I think I've mentioned it a few times, but I'm really open to hearing it. And outside of that, I'm sending so much love. I'm starting to get awkward now because I feel like I got really, really real and I'm really just like straight up with my opinions today and people don't always love that. And uh, I'm, I'm a sensitive being, not that I'm asking anyone to go easy on me or like treat me any different, but just to say like, I just hope that I could have gotten this conversation. I hope I pitched this conversation right. And this was not meant to offend anybody. This was not meant to make anybody angry from an activist to a meat eater, nobody at all. This is just truly to open up the conversation in a comforting way that we can feel like we can come to the table and discuss these things because like they are important. I am sending you the greatest cheers today uh, and welcome to summer because again, it's a Canadian holiday here. So May 2-4 weekend always feels like the beginning of summer and I'm here for it. Sending you a big cheers with that. And if you have any other topics you would like to request for our deep conversations over here on the interweb, leave them down below as well. Outside of that, I'm sending you a big internet hug with my hairy armpits and I will talk to all of you guys in the next Coffee Talk. Bye guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish 
or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.